Hello and welcome to the Equine Physio and Rehabilitation Podcast. My name is Dr Gillian Tabor and I'm a Chartered Physiotherapist and I specialise in the treatment and rehabilitation of horses. This podcast is going to carry on talking about rehabilitation and training programmes. So if you haven't already, please listen back to the previous episode on programmes and variables that you need to consider when you're planning a programme. What I would like to talk about in this episode is the consideration on how to progress a rehab programme. Because this is a question that I get asked a lot and I see quite a lot in the forums and chat groups on social media. When to finish box rest, when to start in hand work and when to sit on your horse are all quite individual questions. And I want to suggest some way of deciding the answer to the questions for you and your horse or clients to your horse if you are working with those undergoing rehab programmes. So traditionally, training programmes are based on outlines that use time to decide when to move on. So you might have seen fitness programs that say, you you bring your horse in from the field after their summer rest and you do four weeks worth of walking and then you add trot for two weeks and then you add more trot for another two weeks and then you start going up hills and start cantering. Or if you're rehabilitating, you can see programs that suggest that you have say four weeks of box rest and then two weeks of in-hand walking and then reassessment or quite commonly for the ligament snip operations for kissing spines, you see that they have box rest until they have their staples or stitches out and then they're allowed to do various things. So all these are based on timeframes. I would like to argue that perhaps this isn't the uh, best use of our intelligence when it comes to planning programmes. The reason for this is that there are so many factors that go into deciding whether or not you can progress. In terms of those kissing spine horses that have had surgery, if they have been on box rest for whatever sort of set period, it might be that it is based on wound healing times. So for some horses that can be delayed and what we don't want to do is we don't want to start sort of aggressively moving their back uh, before the wounds have healed. If it's a colic case, for instance, we need to make sure that there is union between the sort of two sides of the abdominals and the, the surgical site is nice and stable, the wound has healed, before we start to perhaps put tension and stretch on by moving the horse. So there are reasons for the limitations, and I will talk about those more and more in future podcasts. But it's a bit arbitrary to say that in 10 days, all horses will have healed enough after their ligament snip operation um, for those sort of stitches to come out and for them to start moving. The other aspect of times is uh, related to healing rather is that soft tissue healing for all tissues is different in all individuals. So muscle heals at a different rate to more connective tissue, so ligaments and tendons and fascia, and also at different rates for skin. So 
how do we know when we can move on then? Well, it's quite a difficult question. So I would suggest that rather than giving strict timeframes, we adapt the idea of having milestones before we are allowed to progress. So we look for being able to tick the box in for certain questions as to what they can achieve at what stage. So healing externally is obviously uh, more easy to see than healing internally. So if it's a case of a surgical wound or a um, traumatic wound healing, we could look to see how good the union is between both sides of the wound. Does the wound look healthy? Is there any signs of inflammation or sort of that worse infection? And that would dictate whether we think that that area externally is safe to go through more movement. I am, you know, I'm a physio, I'm not a vet, and therefore, you know, I'm not giving specific advice on wound healing. But um, when it comes to wound healing, we don't want to create too much traction on both sides of the in, in sort of the area because that will delay healing. But actually, a little bit of movement is going to be good for the area. So you know, we have to be sort of cautious, but um, careful and um, be sensible about that. But what we can't see is what's happening internally. And this is very difficult to judge. If you have inflammation and you have swelling internally, then that can obviously protrude externally. And so we'll see that as enlargement of the area, thickening of the area, and potentially sort of heat. And you know, if it was a human, we'd see redness and we'd see bruising. But obviously with a hair coat of the horse, we can't see that. But um, swelling is quite a good gauge and we can be objective in how we measure that. So there is a nice study that looked at using a tape measure to wrap around a fetlock to look at the amount of swelling. And that could be used as something objective if you've got a lower limb injury. Taking photographs and using measurements from scale is another objective way of measuring how much swelling you've got. But when it comes to spinal regions or more body areas, it, that can be a little bit challenging. So perhaps we then need to think about other sort of, uh, factors that we can look into deciding whether we've achieved the milestone. One of the things that I look for all the time is pain. And that can be pain seen on the horse's face. So sort of expressions of uh, discomfort through the eyes, through the muzzle, through the ears. And if it is even worse than that, then we'll get changes in behavior. So bodily wise, you know, is the horse moving normally around the box? Are they sort of depressed and stood at the back with their head down? Or are they, um, if it's a more acute pain, are they fidgety, kicking, looking around at the area? Then obviously that's going to be a, a really sort of big red flag for me that we're not ready to progress onwards, no matter what my written protocol says I should be doing at two weeks or four weeks. Pain can be more subtle. So I spoke about the face expressions, but what happens when you approach the area that is painful or actually palpate around the area? You put your hands on and you have a feel around the area. So I'm not suggesting we go and poke anywhere that's had just had surgery, but just a, you know, a soft, flat hand that's just having a gentle feel to see what the response is. And um, we, we need to be able to gauge that in our horses to be fair, to decide whether or not we want to move them some more.
So I think sort of in the acute phases, it's fairly easy to use those milestones to decide when to progress. But later on, the questions of oh, when can I start lunging, if at all you're going to lunge, or when can I start riding, then we need to think about factors such as uh, the ability of the horse to regain its strength or develop strength for it to build muscle and also its fitness in terms of fatigue, both from a cardiovascular point of view and from a muscular point of view. So there are going to be certain signs that I look for. Is the horse able to do the number of exercises that I've asked it to do without showing any signs of pain firstly, but also with maintaining the quality of the movement? So for instance, an example would be in hand circles. So if I've asked the owner to circle the horse three circles one direction and three the other, is the sixth circle as good as the first circle? If it is, then I know that um, we could ask for more, maybe not more circles, but maybe a change of exercise. What about if we're doing things like pole work? Are we able to uh, be confident that the horse can step over the pole as well on the fifth pass through the rev poles as it could on the first pass? Signs of muscular fatigue don't have to be very dramatic. They can just be the fact that the lift of the leg isn't as much as it used to be, or the length of stride has changed. Or if we're looking very, very closely, they can get a little bit more wobbly, and that's a technical term, because the strength of the muscles isn't available to support that quality of movement. So, Fatigue can also lead to behavioural changes, so the horse may become a little bit resistant to your aids. They might show signs of uh, worsening behaviour, such as planting or napping, or you know, if they find it difficult, maybe they will show some compensation strategies. They will start to perhaps swing their quarters out, or maybe they'll raise their head up because they're unable to maintain that nice uh, neutral head and neck position. So as we go through our exercise programs, we need to constantly be assessing our horse with the idea in mind that we can have good days and bad days through recovery. And so we need to adapt backwards as well as forwards. So sometimes with our rehab programs, we need to think how we can regress the exercises if things aren't going to plan. And it might be that your horse just has a bad day and that unfortunately doesn't sound very scientific or very objective, but you know yourself, sometimes you um, don't feel particularly motivated. And it might be that the day before the horse worked harder, they're feeling a little bit fatigued from it. So we need to have up our sleeves an idea of instantly how to modify our training program so that we're not pushing them if they are having not such a good day. But the milestones should be achieved and sort of ticked off before we progress on to the next stage. And we want to think that we're able to do those 
uh, that whatever task it is that we think is a sort of pass for that set section of the rehab program we need to think that they're able to do those for a few days sequentially before we think about progression then the sort of hardest thing is to think well, when are we ready to go back perhaps into competition so it might be that you are training well at home but competition potentially is a big step so any any sort of change from one step to another in a rehabilitation program you need to break it down into micro steps so say i have been jumping a few jumps at home and i want to go out competing maybe then i need to go and hire an arena and go out and just have a pop over a few fences or go out and hire an arena and not jump but actually test whether the horse can tolerate the travel test whether they can tolerate the change of environment and able to maintain the quality of work without tension and without aggravating any symptoms in a different environment before i even consider going to have uh, you know a lesson or even going to compete in show jumping so it may well be that your rehab program says yeah after six months you're ready to compete but unless you have taken um, all the steps to get that far we are really not happy or shouldn't be happy to give you the go ahead to go and do that without further assessment so really in this podcast i just wanted to make you think about the difference between timescales and milestones and see how that applies to your horse or your client's horses undergoing rehab so if you've got any questions then please get in touch with me i'm on instagram and facebook at dr Gillian table physio and also i have some online courses available at gillianTable.co.uk. so if you follow the links and there's a contact form on there if you want to get in touch as well so thank you for your time and listening and i hope to speak to you soon